This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to fubarradio.com for more details. Back row and chill with Johanna James and Noel Clark on Fubar Radio. Good afternoon. It is Back Row and Chill on Fubar Radio. I'm Johanna James, and I am joined this week by my very good friend. Carla Harrison Hall. Welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> uh, she is coming to be my studio buddy with Hello. me today. She's going to be driving the show. We've got a really packed show for you today, guys. We've got so many guests. We're going to be teaking. Uh, We're going to be t- <laughs> talking. Well, I'm going to try and talk. Uh, to We've got so many people who have got shows on the Edinburgh Festival giving you the lowdown of what is cool to watch there if you're heading up to Edinburgh this August. Because it is basically August. It is, isn't Nearly, it? isn't it? And it's also... Johanna's birthday tomorrow. <laughs> it is. It's my birthday. Um, so yeah, full on, full on celebrations. For yes, that. we were partying. Now, Carla, you've been a guest on my show before. I but, have, but you've not been a, in a co-host. So no. I'm going to guide you through. Thank you. What goes on every week? Uh, basically, uh, I pick a selection of my favourite songs that are to do with like movies, TV. Mm-hmm. soundtracks of that I've been just really really loving at the moment so I'm going to be showing you a, a couple of those I've checked out a movie an old Johnny Depp movie called Cry Baby I know that film it, was, it has the most amazing soundtrack really weird film <laughs> <laughs> didn't like the film what? who else is in it didn't know yeah. it. I didn't know anybody else. Okay, <laughs> it's old, isn't it? It's like 1991. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, uh, Johnny Depp's in it. He's really young. He's really fit. He's really fit, isn't but he? even fit Johnny Depp couldn't couldn't really get. It was like the worst acting <laughs> I've ever ever seen in my life. But the songs are amazing. So we're going to be playing a lot from Cry Baby. Um, if you guys want to get involved in the show, we want to hear from you. So please just tweet us at Fubar Radio or email in straight to me on my computer, which is chill at foobarradio.com and we will shout you out so let us know what you're doing what you're up to uh, just get involved basically please do that me. do that talk to us because otherwise it's just us in the studio <laughs> and it's a little bit weird um, okay we're going to kick off with the quick kick, kick off let's kick off with Bad Boy the Jive Bomber from the Cry Baby soundtrack oh, so this is the song this is one of the songs okay. from the movie which I'm loving but I didn't, I didn't love the movie I just love the soundtrack okay there we go this is it background chill Amazing. That's beautiful. I know. What it's a very sexy. I know. I have been all over the like doo wop mm. kind of 50s songs this week. It's going to be a bit of a 50s week oh. this week for music. Um, right. What were we just talking We were just talking about something. We were talking about feet. We were talking about feet. Okay. No. Here's, we'll backtrack. Here's the link. Okay. So I make comedy sketches online. I run a Facebook page and an Instagram page and whatnot. Follow. Follow. Recently, I shouted out Carla. She's a good mate of mine and also an actress. And uh, you said you've got a lot of, sort of likes and followers through yeah. from that. And I said, oh, did you get anyone asking to see your feet? And I was like, no. Because that is the number one like weird request that I get on my social media inboxes is guys feet. asking to see my feet they were like which part of your foot um like the sole of the foot they want to see the sole oh. or the toes um and it started to be a bit of a running joke so in a couple of our sketches we would make sure we have like a shot of my foot just to <laughs> just to appeal to the fans i can't remember what your feet look like they're really minging uh, i don't really i mean does anyone have nice feet i don't this is the i've thing. never met anyone with nice feet no no i think so yeah i had to think i had to thought of someone but actually no no, no, crusty, it, crusty feet. It even like you know in in the media when you see a picture of a foot, it's all going to be photoshopped and edited and like get rid of those bunions, foot tune those bunions away <laughs> exactly. And like when you just look at feet like on their own, 
the more you look at them as an isolated thing, they just look yeah. like... Stop looking at my feet. Sorry. I can see you. I'm sorry. <laughs> but you do have nice shoes on. Oh, so. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys like feet out there? Do you find feet attractive? Is your foot fetish... Oh, is your fetish a foot fetish? Yes. Be honest and let us know. I think we all know someone with a foot fetish. Tweet us at Fubar Radio. Have you ever had a funny story about someone with a foot fetish? Again, please <laughs> let us know. We're going to talk about feet today. Toe sucking. Um, have you ever sucked a toe? Um, I'm not from what I remember. No. I think you'd remember. Yeah, Trust I've me. Had, definitely had my toes. Toes. You've had toes. Your, you've had your toes, toes sucked. sucked. Oh, really? Uh. The thing is, is that I'm quite tickly. Um, yeah. So if someone sucks my toe, I am very likely to kick them in the face quite hard. Okay. Have you sucked a toe? I have, indeed. How do you feel about it? Um, I made the massive error of uh, of it not really being clean. <laughs> so it's quite, <laughs> quite salty to the taste. Um, salty toes. But never mind. Um, not for everyone, feet. No. But, uh, right, let's get back to... Uh, <laughs> The show. Ed, the show. Background <laughs> chill. Entertainment show. Um, this is the part of the show where we do entertainment news. So here we go. It's the entertainment news on background chill. <laughs> For three seconds, I can pretend I'm on Channel 4. <laughs> Got my papers. Shuffling the papers. Shuffling the papers. Right, Ooh. first up. Uh, Wonder Woman 2. The release date. Oh, wow. Has been confirmed. Okay. Haven't seen the first one yet, and I feel like a terrible person and a terrible woman and a terrible feminist. I know, but I haven't seen it yet. Neither have I. Oh, I know. I completely. I thought you would have seen I, it. I know, but sometimes they they release films in such a like a burst. I can physically only go oh, so Jehanna. many times in a week. I know it's uh, well now I've missed it in the cinema. I'm going to wait for it to be released okay. and stuff. But um, yes, it's definitely coming back. It's going to be. It's going to hit cinemas December thirteenth, two thousand nineteen. So put that hmm. in your diary because that's a long time. That's away. a long time away. <laughs> um, I don't really know much about it yet, apart from that Wonder Woman was. Set Set in 1918 at the end of World War One, oh. whereas the sequel looked like it's going to be set in the 80s. Oh, your favourite, my favourite era, favourite era ever, definitely your favourite era. Following the Cold War, Ooh, oh, political. Oh, <laughs> that's a political, <laughs> political movie. That. Um, oh, and I'm very excited about this next piece of news. Mean Girls, <gasps> the musical. Oh, it's my totally fed. God. Anyone that knows me knows I can quote like. You can you quote it? So much of it. Regina George. Oh, I just love it. Every girl has had a Regina George in her life. Oh, absolutely. It is probably the most relatable. I'm just thinking of who was our, on our drama school. Me and Joe went to drama we school went, together. That's how me and Connor know each other. We are actors. Yes. Trained actors. And um, yeah, oh, can't really get much more bitchy than American <laughs> high school <laughs> yeah, or drama school. so true. Um, yeah, so that's that's cool. Oh, Erica Henningsen, who's from Les Miserables, will take on the role of Katie Heron. Katie Heron. Uh, the whole school jungle, jungle freak. freak. <laughs> <laughs> it was my mom's in the 80s. Gruel. Remember that quote? The what? It was my mom's in the 80s. Oh, no. I'm, oh, you're rubbish. You're obviously a bit of bit, I, okay, better fan. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes, you yes, can win I that. Um, I would definitely go see Mean Girl the Musical, although it's um, it's Broadway. Oh. It's Broadway. So Quite we're, far away. So we're going to have to wait, obviously. A few years. A few years until, unless we just go and do like a Maybe we could one. be in it. Should we do it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. You could play, um, <laughs> what's the one? <laughs> what's the, um. The girl? What's the other girl? One? Uh, Gretchen Wieners. Gretchen Wieners. Oh, Gretchen Wieners is such a wet noodle. <laughs> It's a good role, though. Yeah, just quite. Who would you be? Um, Wait, 
<laughs> What's her name? Oh, Ke- Karen. Karen with the boobs. <laughs> Whose boobs can predict yeah. the weather. There's a 99% chance that it's already raining. <laughs> I think with that Touching audition, right I think now. you've uh, yeah. I think you've just got you've Didn't just won you? that role. <laughs> and I, yeah, actually, I prefer to play Karen. She's Karen's one, great role. Yeah, I play Karen. She's great for sure. Um, right, we run competitions every week, and last week we had well, we ran an amazing one to do with Kong Skull Island. There we go. Uh, if you enter the competition, be listening right now because I'm about to announce the winner. So a huge congratulations to mm. at Writer Chick Ten. Real Woo! name. Megan yes Megan who is our winner so you have won the huge uh, Kong Skull Island prize bundle including the DVD so we're going to send that to you and make sure you stay tuned background chill because we've got loads of amazing prizes to give out every week and make sure guys that you are also following our Facebook page at Fubar Radio because we're going to be releasing some exclusive competitions on there as well not just our Twitter page mm. so make sure you're following the Twitter and you're following the Facebook thank you very much guys thank you very much Right. Um, oh, Ryan Reynolds isn't allowed to do his own stunts oh, on Deadpool 2. Probably because his face is worth like five million billion pounds. I don't find now. him attractive. No, I Sorry. don't. No, not physically. No. I He's c- funny, yeah. which is very important. It is, isn't it? But not fit. No, no. Is he? Is he fit? I don't get it. No. His wife's fit. His wife is fit. I prefer his wife. <laughs> Definitely prefer his wife. Yeah. You know, she's be, ridiculous. Be, it? Blake, lively. That's it. Blake, lovely. <laughs> More like <laughs> Blake, love me. She's a, Blake, please love me. She's gorgeous. She is. Um, yeah, I think Ryan's got a, like a really banging personality. Like, I'm saying that like I know him. <laughs> yeah, me and Ryan go me well back. Yeah, hey Ryan, Ray Ray. Ray. No. Um, I did. Yeah, there's a slight essence to Deadpool that I find attractive. I haven't seen it. Oh, sorry. Oh, Carla, yes. I'm sh- you must. really shit. It's like he's he plays this character that's like so witty and funny um, and bad boy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is he like a bad superhero? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like a dickhead superhero. He's kind of fights for good, but he's a bit of a dick as well. So, you know, mm-hmm. why do we like these bad men? <laughs> what is wrong <laughs> with so us? So much about us. <laughs> um, oh, so but anyway, the actor said he's had some bad injuries during stunts. He broke a couple of vertebrae in his neck, and oh. it was it was a bad situation. Um, uh, yeah, and so oh, apparently he, he Ryan Reynolds said he was sat in a doctor's office, and it was about the seventh time he'd been in there that year. And the doctor wrote on the prescription pad, it reads "stuntman." Point taken. Okay, well, oh. hmm. point taken. I don't really understand. I don't that. get it. <laughs> I was waiting for the punchline there. <laughs> so was I. <laughs> okay, so was I. <laughs> Moving on. Um, so now he has four different stunt guys that go with him everywhere, um, and Ryan Reynolds does not do his own stunts. Mm. Oh, there's um. If you like Blake Lively, lovely, love me. Mm-hmm. Um, she is in a movie on Netflix at the moment called The Age of Adeline. Oh no, Age I, of I've Adeline. seen it. Do you like it? Um, no, no, but it was a. I enjoyed watching her, and it was a weird movie. Wasn't it was it? a really odd movie that film. So she gets struck by lightning when she's <laughs> how old? What twenty seven years? Something old? like that. Yeah. And um, she never ages. So for the next, uh, what is it? She's one hundred and twenty. And she looks the same. And she looks forever 27. Yeah. Which initially, initially I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Dream. She just looks 27 for the rest <laughs> of her life. But then it's really sad when her own daughter is like 80. Yeah. And that's the saddest bit. Yeah. So she's going to die. And you're 27. Yeah. And, you know, that's not. Still up. not a good film. An interesting concept. Yeah. 
Not a good film. Not executed well. No, definitely not executed well. But if you like looking at Blake Lively, then... Uh, we all do. I have this bit of a weird thing with celebrities. I like to look at their real face. The real face? Yeah, so if you Google Blake Lively before she was famous, because obviously she's had a lot of work done. Has she? Oh, yeah. What has she had done? Nose job, boob job, <gasps> like, there's going to be, like, fillers and stuff, for sure. How do you know this? Internet? Well, you just look at her picture from oh, before, right. and you're like, she has So what was she like before? Half her nose is gone. <laughs> like, it's true, it's true. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, um, I'm not... Um, saying anyone oh, can someone has... tweet us in a picture of half her nose <laughs> of the original Blake Lively yeah. no but even if you watch her um, audition for because she blew up with Gossip Girl mm. and if you watch her original audition or I think the pilot episode she has her original nose oh. and then she obviously gets the role gets a quickie nose job and then does not look like that anymore. oh it's kind of sad it is kind of sad well, um, it hasn't really done her any harm though is it so yeah but like, I, I, it's just like, like a weird little pastime of mine. I'll look at a celebrity that I quite like, and then I'll mm. just Google like before surgery, and then you, it's amazing. Oh, like looking at the evolution of Kylie Jenner. Oh wow, well, um, that is. I mean, that could. That's that a is whole a car. Episode. That is a car crash. That is waiting to happen. Deary, deary. She's not even twenty-five. So she she looks like thirty. She do, I mean, she looks older. Her face doesn't move. I know. Like you wouldn't know if she was happy or sad. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, no. will she you is marry always me? pouty. I know, too much of the lip stuffing. Mm. Mm, that's all mm. gonna. I want to know where. Oh, we've got it. Oh. We've got a picture of Let's the see. original. Oh, the original teeth, the original nose, oh. the original. Wow. Uh, well, we can't really see the boobies. Um, I think she must have had something done to her eyes as well. Oh, oh, she's so pretty, though. She didn't need to do that. She looks like a pretty country home girl. She does. And then there she just looks like, Blake, fuck me. Like, <laughs> you know? Is she a woman crush then? Like, do you have a proper... I think I am. I think I'm crushing on her. Uh, who's my top woman crush? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Um, There's so many. Oh, there are so many women. There's so many more women than men. Mm-hmm. That you crush yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's very rare. I mean, like, walking down the street, I'm like, Oof. Hey, girl. Hey. Yeah. I know. Uh, the, yeah, it's just this lack of like hot guys. They're such a lack in the industry in and Hollywood, the world. actually. But um, who is my who is my woman crush? I'm going to think on that maybe. Um, while we're, okay, we're going to play. Talking of women, let's play the Rolling Stones, Miss Amanda Jones, mm. and then we can think about what lady we want to be crushing on. Okay. Uh, and if you want to get involved as well, just tweet in at Foobar Radio. Who is your lady crush out of everyone? It could be famous, could be not. Let us know. Could be us. Could be me. Not <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> Chill with Johanna James on Fubar Radio. You're listening to Back Row and Chill. It's Friday. I'm Johanna. I'm joined today by Carla Harrison Hodge. That is, uh, hey, my name. It's an amazing, it's so famous person name. That's okay, what it is. But I'm not famous, am I? Not yet. <laughs> All right, yet. Thank three, you. Three letters. Very important. Soon. Soon to be. <laughs> uh, and we are joined today by our first guest. A huge welcome to Ellen Daniels. Welcome to the studio. Hello. Um, oh, 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 I think I put the wrong mic on. There we go. Oh. Talk, there oh. we go. Did that work? Thank Hello. you for having me. There we are. Oh, well, you've got such a lovely voice. Oh, thanks. It's dreamy. You're from across the pond. Mm, yeah. I'm I, from Florida originally, but I live in LA. I'm going to Florida. Are you? Really? I've just booked a holiday. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to go. We're going to go to do the whole Orlando Universal thing. Really? Uh, in September. That's so excited. Where, that's where I'm from. I'm from Orlando. Oh, so, going to yeah. your hometown. Okay, I we'll know. have to have a chat after about like where to go and what to eat. Well, I don't even know anymore 
because I haven't lived there in so long and everything has like changed so uh, massively but I mean you know I can tell you like a few things <laughs> I'm like no, no we're not having that chat sorry <laughs> maybe maybe after <laughs> um, we're here today to talk about your show called Emotional Terrorism yeah which is a pretty punchy mm. show title title yeah, yeah. Uh, what is that about um, it's a one woman show right? it's a one woman show Brave. it's um it's about a lot of things. It's a, you know, it started off as like, how do I, the, how do I understand the origin of the voices in my head? I think like we all have these voices that are telling. I mean, maybe it's just no. Me. I have I voices, definitely right. We're, yeah, I'm glad the, I'm not alone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, where did those voices come from? And then I started to explore, um, you know, sort of my early like teens through my twenties and mm-hmm. kind of. W- just what I encountered. I was a model. I was scouted when I was 17 um, in Paris on the street by a modeling agent. So I started modeling. I developed an eating disorder. Like I was told I was too fat when I was really young and it was really scary. And my only way to kind of control that was to become bulimic. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had like sort of emotionally abusive boyfriends and that who were much older than I was so it's sort of taking all of this stuff I was also a ballet dancer so I had a like that rigorous discipline oh, wow. as well yeah. you know that'll do it all yeah, those so it like a lot of that stuff and I was like okay how do I look at this through a comedic lens because I do see it as very comical now because mm-hmm. that's the only way I've coped with it in a way you know and so I created this show where, you know, I'm sort of reenacting certain parts of my life that when I've told this story to other people, they're like, oh, my God, that's absurd. And they laugh because it's just like so absurd a lot of the times that you're like, oh, my God, I can't believe these. You know, you can't often believe what people say. Mm. And so, yeah. So So did comedy come to you or did you you comedy with before modeling or um no after well actually in tandem because I moved to LA as while I was modeling and then I started acting and I was doing like small things like on tv shows guest stars and stuff and it was really hard you know I wasn't really nothing was really taking off Mm -hmm. and somebody actually multiple people suggested that I do stand-up comedy which was like very that's a massive compliment though it is but i didn't know that at the time Mm. and because i'd be in these acting classes doing dramatic scenes and people would be laughing (laughs) you know and they're like i'm sorry it's just so funny i'm like what the fuck i'm crying and you know i'd worked really hard to like get to this emotional place and the whole class is like (laughs) so then um i met actually a comedian and he was like oh i was telling him a story about this guy i was dating um, who had like invited me over to his house. I mean, dating is a strong word. I was trying to date him. I think he was just oh yeah, the one way date. Right? Oh, I don't road. know. <laughs> yeah, he, he we, was like we allowing, know about that. He was allowing me to cook him dinner. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, and, uh, oh god. Yeah, it was really weird. And he was a strange guy, but he was a friend of my cousin's, and I sort of got so intrigued with him and he would invite me over and we'd watch Will and Grace and whenever we were watching Will and Grace then he'd start to get really frisky right which was a little bit of a, like mm. hmm, what's going on here okay yeah and then uh, one day he invited me into his room and I was like yes this is gonna happen and then he gave me an iPod and he put the earbud in my ear and he was like listen to this and he played Britney Spears for me which was like uh. so 
I was like, are you trying to <clears throat> tell me something or what's going on? He's like, no, I just like the song. And it was just so absurd. <laughs> what song was it? Hit Me Baby One More Time. Okay. And so I was like, are you, is, are you trying to come out to me right now? Like, if, you, if you're um, gay, like, we can be good friends. I don't know, but this is just a strange moment. Yeah. And then he was, like, hugging me in the bed, and the clock turned from, like, midnight to 12.01, and he was like, it's my birthday. Ooh. Yeah, it was sort of murderous Ooh. and like weird. So this this comic that I was talking to, he was like, "You should totally like turn this into a story for stand up." And I didn't know how to do stand up because stand up was so far outside of my spectrum. I never really watched stand up comedy. I didn't. But slowly, I many many years later, I started to do it. Basically, somebody was like. Again, you should do stand-up. You should do stand-up. So then there's, like, a class for everything in L.A., so I took a stand-up comedy class and started doing stand-up. It's so, I think it's so brave, people yeah, who do one-woman, one one-man shows. I, fe- I think I feel like I need someone else yeah, there to be like, save me. To you? <laughs> yeah, I didn't what do realize. You think? <laughs> yeah, totally. I didn't realize, because when you do stand-up, like, straight stand-up comedy, you, can't, you do have the audience there. I mean, you're alone, but you can... You know, you can sort of interact with the audience, and that's the fun of it. But with this more scripted show, what I have realized is, oh, my God, I'm actually out here on my own. And, you know, Mm -hmm. if they don't laugh at something or people, different audiences respond differently to this show. So some are much more quiet, and they're sort of, like, more contemplative. And some are more raucous and like, yeah. ah, no, he didn't, you know. And like, <laughs> so it sort of depends. And, you know, when you're up there alone and you don't hear the first laugh that you think you're going to get, it's absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it's, it's like, like, oh, shit, we have an hour. I said an just hour. Gonna, yeah, where I'm just going to be here doing this. So, you know. Yeah. Guys, that was a, that was a joke? Yeah. 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 Guys, did you, um, is this not working? I'll leave. <laughs> That's okay. And, um... Have you ever thought about collaborating with other girls? Because I'm just thinking, like, mm-hmm. your stories are so relatable because I'm, I'm going, yep, 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 yeah, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote a web series with my friend and collaborator, collaborator Reva Stieg. Um, she's a Swedish comedian. And we did this web series called uh, 30 Debt Free and Far From Happy, which you can see online at farfromhappy.com. Um, and that was about our experiences dating in L.A., basically. Okay. And uh, we wrote, like, a half-hour pilot for that. And so we've collaborated on a few things. How is the dating scene in L.A.? Because it's really weird. London's pretty... Is it weird? It's mm. kind of weird everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> we, me and Johanna were, like, dating at the same time, weren't we? Yeah. I think we had a breakup at the same time, and then we went on loads like, like, different dates. Yeah. And we had some stories. Yes. Did we you? did. Yeah, yes. it's crazy. I've had, there. yeah. D- some of them, I've stayed on the date. It's, it's literally nosedived, and I've gone, I'm staying here because there's a story in this. Yes. Right. Exactly. And I want to get it. And I'm going to use, I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to use this night to uh, make a, something from yeah. it. <laughs> Do you guys feel like men have become like increasingly like almost uh, diminishing or uh, kind of condescending more so than they used to be like that's what I find Mm. dating now I think the whole because I remember watching Bridget Jones yeah and then um, realizing Bridget Jones was 15 years old, mm-hmm. and then there was the new Bridget Jones, mm. and I was sort of writing a similar thing, and I was like, "Well, so dating now in this era for people, young people in their sort of mid twenties, yeah. I was like, 
It's all changed. It's all um, it's all Tinders and dick pics uh, and mm-hmm. yeah. and immediate things. And I was like, literally, the 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 modern fashion is to send a picture of your genitals to yep. a stranger, and yeah. you kind of go, "Yep, okay, I'll talk to you." Um, it's just really backwards. Like fifteen yeah. years ago, um, you wouldn't you could go on a date with someone and not necessarily have like anything. Sleep, sleeping with someone wouldn't be like a the first thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like sleeping with them or you're together. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of like there's nothing in between, is there? No, it's not like courtship. No, no, not at all. No, like we're just getting to. But know I think each that's other. because men sometimes feel there's so many options. Yeah, well, we all have so many options, right? Because Tinder is sort of shopping for a person, mm. and you kind of get this feeling of like. You know you're in control. Yeah, and you shopping. Get to just you get to sw- mm. you get to play the the, the yeah. like the king. Yeah. yeah, off with your head. On with your head. <laughs> off with your head. Yeah, it's really. I don't know. I don't think it's good for our humanity. No, not at all. My friend actually, Re, the one who, she was sent um, a Snapchat from a man of himself jerking off. Oh, and, yeah. and that's a guy who's like a serious. I mean. I can't say who he is, but he's a s- serious person oh. in L.A. I don't, I don't know why. But why do they think that we want why? to see that? Why? Exactly. I'm very confused. It's so aggressive. It must be <laughs> porn or it must be the, they want the immediacy. I don't know. Yeah, it is, I think it's half the, that market thing mm-hmm. where it becomes a bit like you kind of get confused between eBay and real people. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and I think the, the sort of porn world definitely merges with social media. Mm, yeah. And they can't quite distinguish what is a girl in a chat room. Right. Like, well, yes. fake chat it's very chat. quick everything's very everything's quick everything's got to be quick very quick and like sex is quick yes. like people are so used to orgasming mm-hmm. really quickly mm-hmm. so they can't just mm-hmm. yeah. like enjoy stuff play exactly. it out a little bit yeah. but also on the flip side of that there is still so you think everything's sort of progressed massively in this area yeah. but what hasn't progressed is the idea that if you are down to do all that stuff that that's totally fine you will still get slut shamed totally. you will still Absolutely. get judged exactly. uh, in the words of someone you will be stained and exactly. I was like I was like um, hold on a second no 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 I was like you can't ask girls to do all this this and that mm-hmm. and this and that on the first mm-hmm. date mm-hmm. and still then label them as something totally totally not cool no, not cool. I wrote an article, a blog for HuffPost UK in promotion of this show, and um, it was called uh, "Let Amy Schumer Make You Feel Icky So Your Daughters Can Be Free." Because a friend of mine was talking about Amy Schumer's last special, oh, yeah, yeah, which was the leather special, and my girlfriend was like, "I didn't like it. It made me feel really gross," and I was like, "Why though?" Mm. Because you know that's because we are shamed all the time yeah like, don't absolutely. talk about your vagina don't talk i mean everything needs to be perfect but at the same time you need to be a whore you need to be the but don't be a whore but do this but don't do this have kids don't have kids have a career don't have a career it's like whatever you do as a woman it feels like somebody's ready to tell you it's wrong for sure yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah. there's no yeah middle ground you want to be like this it's it's really hard to it find. is really hard yeah it's and constant contradictions isn't it yeah and it's hard to know because, I mean, I think we want to have careers now, right? But it's then, well, how do you do that and have a family? And, you know, it's everything is... And then if you did want to have a family, this is what I think. Who the hell are you going to have a family with? Like, who are you? You're going to meet a husband on Tinder? Yeah. Or maybe it will become the standard where you have um, different, um, like different relationships for different uh, times of mm-hmm. your life yeah so yeah. you you literally ha- it would be like oh he's my first this is the first boyfriend yes. this is the second boyfriend this is, and it's like yeah. we're expected to have families through stages yeah rather than be with one it's really weird that, it's weird but maybe that actually that um that model makes sense and it might be nice if we kind of started you know adapting culturally or like showing that on television and stuff so people didn't feel the pressure of 
in addition to all these things you have to do, you also mm-hmm. have to find the one. Yeah. Yes. You know? Exactly. Finding the one on Tinder. Yeah, <laughs> find the one on Tinder. When you get a picture of somebody is like dick, it's like that's, that's the it. one. That's him. That's the one. Yeah. My soulmate. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture of your dad's stick and I just fell in love. It was <laughs> Yeah, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, it's getting weirder when like parents are on Tinder. Oh god. That's, uh, it's just mm-hmm. getting confusing. It's really confusing. It's, the, the circles are getting smaller. It's um I've never actually been on Tinder. Oh you're so lucky. I have I managed no I've, I've been on all of the apps. Have you? <laughs> but for like a period of Go you about all right. <laughs> a period you, of six months. Yeah, you can only do it and for then, that. And then and I went on a lot of days. <laughs> a lot um, and there, I don't think I had one guy that I would see again wow like not one wow so because why would you say is there a general reason rude I find that a lot of them kind of decide that they're going to pretend that they want a relationship with you mm. and I'm not asking them for that yeah. actually mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Um, and then when you don't have sex with them straight away they somehow they get all funny about about it. Yeah, you, mean, you know that was something that you said that was really funny once on on your Twitter about I never saw him again. That was it. Remember? Mm. No, no, you don't remember. <laughs> you said we both kept we were seeing different guys and they just disappeared. Wow. Oh, yeah. So I think what would happen as well is I'd not have sex with them, then have sex with them. And bye bye. Never see them again. Yeah. It's like the end of the story, the fairy tales. Yeah. They got what they wanted. They got what they wanted, but then. They could yeah. have just said at the beginning, I just want to have sex. Right. Instead of like play, like, yeah. you know, like you I need to be. the girl exactly. that wanted the relationship, even though you didn't. I need to be wined and dined. Necessary. Yes. I feel like all of this, we need to make sure that we keep scribbling it down because you have turned this into an amazing show. Yeah. yeah. Emotional terrorism. Just yes. that's what we're talking about, guys, if you've just joined us. Um, Ellen Daniels, you're going to be at the Fringe. Yeah, I'm going to be at the, Ed- uh, the Edinburgh Fringe Festival at Just the Tonic, the big room, 9 p.m. Ooh, every just the night. Tonic. Except the 14th and the 28th, I think, or 27th. And are you also going to be in London? London, yeah. Yeah, I'm doing a show tonight at the Hen and Chickens Theatre at Highbury and Islington, 7.30 p.m. Tomorrow night, 7.30 p.m., Hen and Chickens, Highbury and Islington. And then on Sunday, we have two shows at the Rosemary Branch Theatre. I think that's sort of Shoreditch. Shoreditch, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2.30 p.m. and 7.30 Oh my god, PM. you're going to be exhausted, but a yeah. huge... Uh, it looks amazing. Yeah. It really looks oh, great. Calm down. Congratulations. <laughs> right, uh, we're going to go back to a little bit more of our soundtrack movie... Movie songs. Um, this is another one. This is from an 80s movie called Adventures in Babysitting, one of my favourites. Oh, do you guys know this yeah. one? Yeah, this is 25 Miles by Edwin Starr. Thank you so much for coming Thank in today. Thank you guys for having me. That's all right. It's back road chill. Okay, I won't sing that. But uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite songs from one of my favorite movies. Another ever. sexy one. Yeah, another sexy. Good. We've got two out of two. Two out of two. Two out of two. Going to play two? Yeah. Two. Oh wow, we've been chatting away. Uh, we've got our second guest in the studio, so a huge welcome to Lily Levin. Hello. Hello. Um, and we are here to talk about tits. Yay. Yay. Literally tits, and also the documentary you're making called tits yeah um <laughs> super exciting what is that about obviously so, tits <laughs> yeah tits basically um uh really exciting i'm actually the producer the director is tristan bell um who is a really talented cin- cinematographer you can find him on vimeo uh, mm. tristan bell 
other stuff that he's done. Uh, but he came up with the idea um, his, after his grandma had a double mastectomy. Um, I think before he was born, actually. So she kind of just always had no boobs. And he was always kind of like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what that's like yeah. for a woman. Mm. Like, that's, what is that it's for a It's interesting that a man thought that. Yeah, I mean, he's and gay as well. Gr- yeah. That's important to mention. He hasn't just gone, oh, let's make a film about tits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I can, so I can look at loads of tits <laughs> and say it's a film. Um, no, he's gay. And he obviously grew up with a lot of close girlfriends and obviously the, the situation with his grandma. And she, she mm-hmm. never talked about the fact that she didn't have any tits. Um, and he just sort of wondered, oh, I wonder what, what is that for a woman? Mm. You know? Uh, and obviously, as a teenager, when you're sort of at that age and all your friends, if you're a boy, not you, but all your friends are just sprouting these breasts coming from mm. nowhere. Uh, and so, obviously, if you're a straight boy, you're like, whoa, oh, this is yay. And if you're a gay boy, you're like, oh, well, this is weird. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite nice that he's coming from that perspective because he's got this kind of unique, genuine curiosity about it and it's actually a really good way mm. to explore it. I think everyone's curious about boobs. I love boobs. Yes. I love boobs. I think boobs are amazing to look at. They are fun, aren't they? Um, and I think it's a really... Well, it's a subject that 50% of the population can relate to because they yeah. all have tits. More, and more 50%, than 50%. More than 50%. With, with a majority. Oh, wait, how oh. much are we... What? Oh, how much? Just more. <laughs> we're just I don't, I don't we're a number. little bit more uh, so there's more tits there's more tits than not but then some men do have tits as well so it probably yeah, equals it out yeah, yeah. Yes. you know it's man yeah. boobs um, but this documentary this, this sounds really really cool so you cover uh, issues like breast cancer reduction surgery enhancement surgery transgender yeah. issues um, yeah sexuality issues because there is um, like there's a massive movement between of like sexualizing boobs I mean they've always have been looked at that way but I remember when I was younger mm. people breastfeeding mm. like in the park or wherever all my mum's friends they just whack a tear out and it wouldn't yeah. even be it wouldn't even be, be anything yeah. I didn't even make me jump it didn't make anyone else jump it didn't make any of my mum's friends male friends jump it was not yeah. really a thing it was just like oh they're just feeding their baby now like if you if you feed your baby on like a tube or a restaurant it can cause like a fucking Insane. showdown somebody somewhere is going to have something to say about that shit yeah guys <laughs> if you're listening out there and you're, you're like yeah if you had a, a bad experience a negative experience or I mean you know like fuck it if you've got an opposite opinion to us if you think it is uh, not right let us know um, tweet us at foobar radio join in the discussion mm. or email us chill at foobarradio.com because this is a this is a big subject and it's one that kind of some people don't want to talk about or yeah. and I think that's changed uh, like you say uh, I think it's because of the sexualization of bodies in the media absolutely in general and so mm-hmm. you then uh, you grow up associating that part of a woman's body with sex and it's starting to yeah. happen with men now don't get me wrong but this, we're talking about tits so uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I think you kind of almost exclusively now associate that part of a woman's body with mm-hmm. sex and I think do you know what uh, it's fine to sexualise things in a sexual context because um, sex is great. But feeding your child is not a sexual context, is it? Feeding a child is not a sexual thing and uh, your breasts are not a sexual thing when they're doing a non-sexual thing mm. such as feeding your child. Exactly. So I think it's all about context and it's all about what that person is doing with them at the time. Um, they're not sort of going around flashing them going, look at my boobies. You know? <laughs> it is an odd thing, actually, to have an organ of your body that is like multifunctional mm. and in one, in one instance can be completely like neutral mm. or like, mm. or um, what's the word, like essential, really. And then, the, and then mm. on the, in another instance, be completely sexual. It is I mean, a we've, bit of we've a... made that for it and I think that's fine. 
I think that's fine. I just think that we need to be able to have the other side of it as well. Yeah. Like it, it's said, it's kind of, some people would say that boobs have been fetishized, that they were never a, a sexual organ. They, they're just part of a woman's body, a functional part of a woman's body for, for feeding a baby. Uh, and, and they've become sexualized in the media. Um, and I think if you've got a thing for boobs, fine. But not everybody has. Some some people are some uh, people are bum men. Some people are about the bums mm. or the legs you or know? the feet. Definitely the oh, feet. The Do you feet. know what I'm saying? People can fetishize any part of the human body. Yeah, yeah. And tits are no different. Mm. Um, yeah, I know people that are really get excited about feet. So Ooh. do so you have um, <laughs> do you have a favorite uh, person that you sort of interviewed for the documentary? A favorite story? That, well, it's going to be mini episodes on a web series first, isn't it? And then combined. So yeah. do, do you have a personal favorite of a story or someone that you met? Or oh, it's it's really hard to give a favorite because they're all so different and coming from such different perspectives. And also, I know all of them. Like they're all like my mm. friends and family. Like yeah. it's amazing how many people uh, are just willing to just get their tits out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's one of the things I learned about this documentary. People aren't weirded out about their tits. It's other people that are weirded out. Yeah, about their tits. Um, so, but I would mention um, some things that I've learned from doing it. Um, I interviewed my auntie Katie, um, who has one breast, and she had cancer uh, just over a year ago. And she decided not to get the reconstruction. And her reasoning for not having the reconstruction was uh, really, really interesting to me. And I think something that should be talked about more. She just didn't want any more. It's a much more major operation if you, if you do have the reconstruction. Um, also, there's no sort of guarantee that then, you know, you wouldn't get cancer in the other one or this one would get, you know, it's, 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 it's not, does not always a successful operation. And she was sort of like, well, her words were, been there, done that, wore the bra. Uh, if you don't like it, you can fuck off, basically. <laughs> and somebody, somebody said to her, uh, you know, what, what does your husband think oh. about that? And she just went, what the fuck's it got to do with him? Yeah. The hurt it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, um, I, I, I don't know. And, and one, one, the main thing that she was basically saying to us, because um, the other thing is that she lost her mum to, to, to breast cancer when she was... Sort of 16, 17 years old, and obviously that's a huge thing in her life. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she lost her older sister as well. Wow. Um, when that sister, she was in her, only in her 30s, um, and she left three kids behind. Uh, and so when my Auntie Katie, she found the lump, she didn't go, Oh no, I might lose a breast. She went, I could die. Mm. She went, You know, what about my kids? Yeah. What about the people in my life? It's not about the breast. It's about yeah, ev- everything, everything else just gets shrinks right down, doesn't oh, it? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, well, yeah. That, I, I always thought, I did always think about it, that if I had to have the option of removing one, mm. I think I would remove both. Yeah. One, for the safety, but also two, just probably just for feeling like... Symmetrical. Symmetrical, <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> either having like just, you know, rock no tits or, yeah. or have a reconstruction and rock two. Um yeah, I think maybe that because we've got so much, we've got two of so much stuff on our body, yeah. <laughs> like eyes and hands yes. and stuff. Like I feel that, exactly. like, um, yeah. I mean, I remember like, and when high-profile people like Angelina Jolie, yeah, yeah, she chose to remove her boobs and get reconstruction. Mm. Um, although her like reconstruction was a pretty massive reconstruction. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Which oh, her her new boobs are bigger than her old ones. Right. Okay. Well, um, I mean, we and, we interviewed somebody who 
had BRCA1, so had her had a double mastectomy and a reconstruction. Um, and she she obviously chose to have the reconstruction. I think I think hers ended up bigger than they were before as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact is now that they're safe. Yeah. <laughs> now they're not going to kind of. Of course. Yeah, the, yeah, it's um, a it's a weird one because well, I um um I and mean, we could talk about all day, but um from my personal story is I thought about having a breast reduction for eleven years. Oh wow! And then I decided to go for it last year. Yeah, and so I'm like eleven months in to wow. a, a, a breast reduction, which it actually like weirdly caused like really weird waves around people around me. Um, people. Okay were like angry that I was getting a breast reduction or just people being like no your boobs are great or like I wish I had your boobs I want big boobs but it was always a thing from what I remember for you yeah it was like it was a comfort thing as well not really basic exactly Um, it was all it was just many 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 factors part physical mainly psychological Mm. Um, we are actors and performers and I wanted to I, I felt like I was getting constantly sort of cast in more yeah. sexual roles or yeah. older than I was. Or like maternal roles. Yeah. Because I had big boobies. Exactly. Um, and it was like the, one of the biggest, most scariest things I've ever done in my mm. life. Um, well, we we have interviewed someone who's had a breast reduction and next week we are shooting someone who is thinking about having a breast reduction. Oh. Mm. Uh, and both of them have complained of incredible back problems. Mm. Like yeah. uh, the woman who's a very good friend of mine, the woman who I'm interviewing next week, she's a double K. Oh well, and she is just in constant pain. Yeah, and ever since she was like sixteen years old, she's been in hospital every year with back problems. She slipped a disc. She's got curvature of the spine, um, but it's not as simple as just going right. I'm going to get a breast reduction. No, it is. There's a lot of different pros and cons to it, aren't mm. there? And it's majorly, it's majorly painful. Major. Yeah. I didn't quite think. So I was so focused on on just like the end goal. Yeah. I didn't quite think about the process of it, yeah. and it was horrifically painful. Um, it is nothing like a breast enlargement mm. it's like major major reconstructive surgery mm. um the scar i've had a m- huge problem with scars and scarring which i'm i'm actually like i'm all right with scars but mm, they yeah. are major mm. um and i'm gonna have to go back and get more stuff done with them and so mm. i can talk about boobs all day because it is a subject for me i've been there through it overall so happy i did it and nobody needs to know unless i tell them and now i've just said it on live exactly. on the radio <laughs> has it kind of has the documentary changed the way you see your boobs really yeah yeah, it has actually. Um, I mean, I'm actually waiting to find out if I've got uh, BRCA1, which oh, okay. uh, if you find, if you find, it's not very likely, but uh, it's, it's obviously, as, as I've explained about my aunt, it's, it's massively in my family. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, uh, so I'm actually waiting to find out. Um, I'm not really concerned about it because I feel like once you know, you know, and if you don't, you don't. But you always think, okay, what would I do? Would I get them off? Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't get them reconstructed. Maybe they're not that much of a massive part of me after all. Maybe yeah. I could go around topless if I didn't have any boobs. So if you guys have <laughs> joined us and you wondering would. what we're talking about, we are talking about tits, obviously the literal tits. We're also talking about tits, the, the documentary film that you're making, Lily. And where can people go, just to round up, where can people go to find this? It's going to be online? Uh, yeah, you can go to www.titsdocumentary.com mm-hmm. to learn all about it, have a look at all the participants, watch some clips. Uh, you can subscribe to the newsletter on the website as well. All you have to do is put your email in and we'll send you little things about it. And, Amazing. Like, more clips and stuff. Also, we're on Instagram, tits underscore documentary. Uh, we're on Facebook. Amazing Instagram. Yeah. Follow that Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go follow that in the next break. Thank you so much, Lily, for coming on. Thank you, Lily. Been Thank awesome. you for having me. Um, I'm going to play now. This is Wishing and Hoping, which is the opening scene to my best friend's wedding. 
love this film. I love this film and I love this song. Uh, this is Back Row and Chill. Ready? Okay. Back Row and Chill with Johanna James on Fubar Radio. This is Back Row and Chill. We are nearly halfway through the show, Carla. Already? I know. Time flies when you talk about tits, isn't it? <laughs> We have our what is it, third guest, third guest in the studio, Tamara Broadbent. Hello. A huge welcome. Um, we're talking about your show, Get Ugly. Sounds funny. Sounds. <laughs> well, thanks. Um, You're going to be going to be at Edinburgh. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Flying up on Sunday. I can't believe it's so soon. It's already here. Yeah mental the frange yeah um so get ugly um it says well the tagline here did you know when you go through a breakup you become 25 percent uglier (laughs) (laughs) which is an amazing tagline it is isn't it my it happened my sister told me that i was crying and she was like just so you know it's just something that happens so if no one fancies you uh from now on just don't get sad it's just something that happens to everyone and i was like thanks oh helpful sis no she's great though she's the best but it is true it's uh, so the show's about like female self-confidence and the link between confidence and appearance specifically told through the story of like post breakup and mm-hmm. all the kind of shit that you have to deal with yeah. after that like being accidentally caught with having too much pubic hair and freaking out and being like, oh. he'll be scared if I've got a hairy minge. Um, and then being like, why do we care about stuff <laughs> yes. like that? Um, and then like all that kind of stuff, staying up very late at night and freaking out they might have STDs. I don't know if that's ever happened to you. Oh. <laughs> Post, you know, I don't know when you ever just like been like after one night stands, when you're out of a long-term relationship, it's like, oh my God, what if they did? And it's like all in kind of like song form. Um, yeah. That's, so so oh, how, that's long was your, how long was your relationship? It was about five years. Okay. Wow. Okay. But um, yeah, so, so um, I decided basically, I wrote songs about, you know, when you're like, I'm going to be a gym girl now. And then uh, going there and being like, actually, it's quite hard. <laughs> There's um, a lot of effort. There's a lot more than yeah. an Instagram picture going on <laughs> to make that booty. Absolutely. Um, and yeah. I find that there is, there is a kind of, there's a cycle of a, of a breakup which I think you're you're like kind of probably nailing with this with this show, which is like you kind of you go into well you go into the five stages of grief first of mm-hmm. all, which is like shock, uh, shock, sadness, numbness, anger, and then you're finally fine mm-hmm. or whatever. And the thing about that is, is they don't go in any particular order, and like you can hit anyone at any particular time, or and you can all switch at the same time. All at the same time. <laughs> um, I think all breakups they are hard, and and they don't get any easier. I find you can have like a horrific breakup next relationship absolutely and then the breakup is and you, I, I feel like it's a massive game of snakes and ladders and you're going up and you're working and, you're, and then suddenly you just get this snake all the way back to the beginning of the board oh, and absolutely. you're just like I'm here again <laughs> I think the social media makes that worse as well like I don't know if you stay in contact with people on Facebook oh, or yeah. Instagram and all that kind of block but, but they pop sensible. up they pop up via other like this morning someone's on their Instagram she popped up a picture and just in the background oh look there's my ex yep um, yeah. I have nothing yeah, to do with him on social media true. or anything but there he is in that picture um, it's it's yeah you kind of can't get away absolutely mm. uh, but the show's really so the show's not so much about um, it's actually about kind of finding yourself again after being with someone yeah. for that long as well and like your own sense of identity and I um, about like what this idea of being a strong independent woman actually is oh yeah it was really interesting in the interview two ago you were talking about this idea of like what 
that actually means and you grow up thinking watching Disney films and being like rom-coms oh god am I going to find the one but are we I don't think we're in that age anymore really and it's about like you know I wish I'd learned more when I was young that biceps were going to be more useful than boyfriends (laughs) like you know when you're like in a house by yourself and you have to like move a heavy yes oh yeah yeah i've got that down like i can move a full wardrobe i've carried a washing machine up a flight of stairs i've moved a lot amazing uh i have a toolbox my boyfriend doesn't so he'll ask me like babe where's where's your tools (laughs) uh yep my tools are over there would you like some help (laughs) he doesn't know how to doesn't know how to put up a shelf (laughs) no he can't drive i am like the full-on man i love that though which is great which i love and also in the same way like the guys are opening up more and becoming more sensitive like I think since we were young and since our parents generation I think that's important I yeah. think it goes in both ways no for um, sure and if you want equality yeah you, you know you can have your toolbox and also and as well just to you know for anyone out there it's not just girls getting the shit end of the stick I have known God, no. so many guys who have been through a breakup where the girls done the dirty on them or the girls completely ripped all of their self-confidence out and, yeah of course or you know it actually flies both ways mm, um, definitely specifically what I was interested in as well though is this idea of like how we're taught that beauty is value in a different way than I think men are when you're growing up. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And, like, what that means. And especially, like, I, I don't know if you ever have this, but I've got a lot of friends in my 20s who are, like, beautiful, beautiful girls who with a lot to offer, very talented, brilliant careers, and yet still, like, be like, I can't leave the house today because I've got a spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. And it's like, why, like... Why is that just still valuing yourself on how you look, Absolutely. despite having this and this and this yeah. and this and this? Yeah, all yeah. that kind of thing, and like where sure. that comes from and how we start one of combating that. The best things that ever happened to me, I had a, uh, a horrific experience uh, with some hair modelling, and oh. I went in and I was um, I needed money, so I decided to be paid to be a hair model, and they shaved. A massive, I remember this well. A massive section of my head um, and gave me a sort of mullet thing on the other side. So basically the only remedy was to just lob all my hair off and have a proper crew cut. Like there was nothing. And I went from like long hair to nothing. That sounds amazing. And I realised how much as girls we rely on our hair to like hairography to be sexual to like touch you know fiddle with it or mm-hmm. put it up or change how you look and I suddenly realized I was like crap I don't have that anymore I don't have any hair so like what do I do I was like well you just got to be you and you have to rely on other things like yes. you know your personality or maybe you know you could put on a sparkly scarf or like you you had to it kind of re I think every girl should as a thing like that you know you used to go the kids used to be I have to go to the army for two years and get a buzz cut and whatever. Mm-hmm. I think girls not going to the army, but I think that every girl should cut their hair off at one point in their life just to understand. And now I super value and my hair more, but like I also don't rely on it entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been, I've had. To Everyone's go- got their thing, don't they? That they rely mm. on or that they feel yeah. is part maybe. of who they are. You know. Yeah. If that gets taken away, it's really scary. So I think maybe people should test taking away. Or if yeah, if you can't leave the house mm. without makeup, maybe try and do one well, day when we a week. went to drama school, we couldn't wear makeup. <gasps> we couldn't. We, good, and it yeah. was actually probably the best thing in lots of ways. Yeah. Well, we, it's like they say there's um, <laughs> you, there's this uh, brilliant woman called Holly Mandel who uh, teaches at the Groundlings in LA, which is like an improv uh, mecca. Um, and she came over and did, she did some talks called Good Girls Aren't Funny. And it was a brilliant talk and it changed my life. And you should check her out. But Ooh. it's about this idea that like we can't change the world but the revolution starts in here. Yeah. So if you change the way that you think um, and encourage other people to think that same way. And it's about the idea that like, yeah. when girls grow up, we're taught to be um, controlled and well-presented and pretty. And it's like all these ideas of like mm. you're taught that that's what will make you valuable. Yes. But funny, being funny is all the opposite of those things because you have to be like rude, outspoken, loud, brash and obnoxious, which is traditionally all the really unattractive qualities associated yeah, yeah. with 
femininity and so like basically that whole idea is just be just be loud and brave and like get rid of the hair and find out what's really underneath it it's underneath your hair yeah. I found I had a very small head as well <laughs> Like, oh, you do have, have a small head. I have a tiny head. <laughs> oh, it's adorable. It though. Look tiny I just, here. I just walked it's around good. like a. It's a great size. I look like a needle. <laughs> I was just walking around <laughs> a little pea needle head. I wore a lot of hats. Um, but uh, yeah okay oh my gosh we could talk about all day about this but guys if you want to check out Get Ugly it's going to be in Edinburgh from the 2nd to the 28th that's the one yeah yeah and where's it going to be at the Underbelly Med Quad at 5.30 every day oh great so you can go and like watch that and then go and have a drink or have dinner after absolutely that's a really good time Uh, thank you so much for coming in thanks for having me Um, amazing oh my gosh I just there's not enough time I just want to talk about I could talk about this ever forever and ever and ever Um, um, okay, I think we've come halfway to the show. We need a bit of an energy lift, all right? So I'm going to play a little song from the uh, Power Rangers movie. Oh. All right, we're going to get a little bit... I think I need to move a bit in purple the studio. Purple Power Ranger. Was that one? Red. No, there no. wasn't. Okay. You can be the purple Power Yay! Ranger, Carla. Uh, this is Give It All by Santi Gold from the Power Rangers movie. <laughs> this probably says Kent Jones. And usually I like to be in the front. But right now, this is back row and chill. This Ooh. is back row and chill. That was Very a nice little segue. Was that the yeah. wrong word? It was. Uh, no, that was the wrong word. Segue. That works. Okay. You can. You, aren't those those things that you roll along the street on? <laughs> and it's when you change the subject, isn't it? Oh. So both are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but well done. Gold star Yay. for effort. Yay! Playing radio. <laughs> <laughs> that was a little eye dent from Kent Jones. Ooh. Very sexy. I love his voice. Anywho, um, we <laughs> are joined by Brad Birch. Welcome. Hello, Brad. Hi, Hi Brad. Uh, we're going to be chatting about your play, Black Mountain. Yeah. yeah. Um, because that's going to be up at the Edinburgh. Up at the Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. Is it the Orange Tree as well? Or? Yeah, so it transfers to the Orange Tree. Oh, uh, amazing. Yeah. That's a fantastic yeah. theatre. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's very good. So it's the Payne's Plough Festival at the Roundabout. So if you're up in Edinburgh and you want to check out what we're talking about, Payne's Plough Festival. Yeah. yeah, please do. Say that when you're pissed. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so Black Mountain, it's like yeah. a, it's a full-on, it's a full-on play. 70 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, 70 minutes. Yeah. And, and you wrote it, so is it, have you written plays before? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've done it for for a few years now. Oh, it's done um, loads. Yeah. yeah. How did you? Feels like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's what is uh, Black Mountain about? So what's Black Mountain about? Yeah. So it's about a couple who go uh, up to a cabin in the woods um, to try and kind of sort out a problem uh, in their relationship. And um, somebody's done something and it, and it's kind of hurt the other person. And right. They, they try and um, they try and kind of uh, like a retreat trying to get some yeah. neutral territory to yeah, work yeah, the shit yeah. out yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so away, mm. away from or a bad idea yeah. <laughs> it's either the best idea in the world or yeah. the worst idea yeah, yeah, in the yeah, world yeah, 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 yeah. Doesn't go so a well. remote cabin yes yeah, so where nobody knows where you are <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anything yeah. can happen yeah. <laughs> right um, wow okay so it's Paul and Rebecca are mm-hmm. running away yeah. and uh, how did you get inspired did you go to a remote cabin to sort out your problems um, no no I didn't no oh <laughs> Are you Paul? Uh, no, uh, okay. no, 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 I'm not Rebecca either. Um, <laughs> no, uh, why is it set there? Um, 
So I kind of like to start off ideas with like uh, ripping off other people's stuff. And, and, we all do. And uh, so films like Antichrist, uh, okay. which is a big influence. Um, uh, films like Don't Look Now, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of like tonal atmosphere, those kind of things. Michael Haneke, you know, the films of Michael Haneke. Um, and uh, Payne's Blau asked if I'd like to write a play for them. And they showed me the, the space. So the roundabout is a theatre that they take around the country. So, so it's like collapsed. And they, oh, and they drive yes. it to different places and then they, yeah. they build it anywhere. Um, that's why it's going to all these different places. Um, mm. And so I saw the space and I thought that would be conducive to this kind of idea. Mm. You know? Yeah. And just, I'm, I'm so fascinated by by writing and writers because mm. um, I grew up uh, re- always writing stories, 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 but yeah. I was too terrified to ever say, I write scripts yes. or I write plays because mm-hmm. I felt like I just wasn't qualified. It's quite exposing, I think. I know, like, we're actors, me and Jan are actors, but mm. you're playing someone else. So did, when you're showing someone your... Sorry, just, just <laughs> don't know if you haven't said that I'm, I'm, I'm an actor. <laughs> 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 you know, an actor. But uh, it's quite exposing, isn't it? Oh, yeah, massively. it's like about you. So Somewhere in there, there's you. And yeah. you're showing it to people. I find that quite scary. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can be scary, but the benefits are you don't work for someone else and that was a big that was a big part like when I was a kid I wanted to be well so I wanted to be a footballer but I didn't I, 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 wasn't, I wasn't good enough um, and I wanted to be an artist uh, I wanted to be David Hockney so I wanted to paint and I wasn't very good at painting and I wanted to <laughs> wanted to be a musician and I wasn't very good at music so I kind of slipped into this well slipped into it makes it sound like a coma doesn't it but I just yeah I kind of ended up writing yeah writing plays because I find that Find that fine, I fit with it, you know. But yeah, so I wanted to that. So it's exposing, yeah. But that's kind of what I wanted to. Mm. Oh, yeah. And you're the first winner of the Harold Pinter Commission. No, no, definitely not the first. Oh, um, okay. I, I, I was. Uh, I, I won it in twenty. <laughs> I won it in twenty sixteen. Um, uh, I think that's fifth or sixth. Oh. Uh, oh, by Fringe First. I see that there. Oh, you're the Fringe First winner. <laughs> not the first. No, fringe not the first. first. No, no. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Uh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much. <laughs> so it's going to be uh, Black Mountain. Is it? So it's a, it's a two-hander. Uh, no, three-hander. Oh, so three-hander. there's a third. There's oh. a third. Oh. Does the third person coming like right at the end? No, no, they're in it from the. They're in oh. it from the. Well, Ruin well, the surprise, well, Carla. <laughs> uh, you you, you, you kind of don't know. The when twist of in. the whole play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, thanks for that. Just, just, just to cancel the show now. Um, uh, no, they're kind of in it throughout, but you're not quite sure when they're in it or when they're not. And how involved are you? Because obviously if you write a play, then you kind of yeah. have to give your baby over to a director and then they give their baby over to the actors. Do you ever mm. feel a little bit like you want to step in and be like, no, Paul should be uh, like this? Or um, I think I think you start off being a bit like that. Yeah, I think, okay. I think you do kind of get a bit precious, but... Um, I've been lucky being able to work with people who are better at their, their jobs than I am at mine. So, so you often find that there's stuff that you think, oh, I don't know what to do about that, and they find yeah, mm. you know, that's what I meant. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, yeah, what yeah, I meant. Yeah, 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 exactly. Nailed it. Well done. Yeah, um, well, this is very exciting. And so, and have you seen? You've obviously have you sat in rehearsals or anything? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I like to be about for rehearsals um, as much as I'm wanted. And we've had a few previews in Wales. Oh, right. um, we went to Theatre Cloyd up in North Wales, and so it's been done kind of three times there, four times. There. I just suddenly so. remembered. I was like, oh, this is the other side of the coin because we're actors and we'll have the writer coming in, and it make, gives you makes you really nervous because yes. you're like, shit, exactly. The oh, writer's yeah. in tonight. I've got to be amazing. Yeah, right. Do you get nervous? Yeah, I do get nervous. I get nervous first day of rehearsals for the opposite thing. Yeah. So that when the actors kind of read it and look at it, and go, oh, like you're always a bit worried that they're, they're going to think it's rubbish. Yeah, what what is this shit on purpose? Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I do get a bit nervous. I do get a bit nervous. I've got a show that 
I wrote a few years ago and it's having its first uh, revival in the UK at the moment of the Orange Tree. What play is that? It's, um, it's a very long title called Even Stillness Breathes Softly Against a Brick Wall and it's part of a director's festival. Um, and I wrote that in like, 2012 and, and I'm going to be seeing that tomorrow. I'm a bit nervous about that because obviously it's one of my first plays. And so it's Do bit, you have a mm. favourite play, like a baby, like a favourite child? No. 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 What, of, of my stuff? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, yeah. no, 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 no. You always get a bit embarrassed, don't you, once it's finished? Did, well, I've Don't never know. finished a play. <laughs> <laughs> I started Can't many. Say myself. <laughs> I started many, but then I'm just like, oh look, TV. Um, yeah. Um, do you have a favourite play? Yeah, like outside of your own work. Oh, God. Um, or favourite writer? Yeah, favourite writer. Um, sound like Pinter, mm-hmm. like Pinter, Beckett, Edward Bond. Beckett. Um, I yeah, those guys. think my favourite play. Oh no, that's th- too hard. I think. It's the Crucible. I think I've always been really drawn to the mm. Crucible. I'm going to say Streetcar Named Desire, mm. Tennessee Williams. Really? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Very big plays, aren't they? Yeah. Those? Lots no. of stage directions. <laughs> <laughs> I want to play Abigail on the Crucible. I think. First. Have you not already? No. Oh well, somebody give her the job, please. <laughs> the dream. I'll just put on my own performance. A one, a one woman <laughs> show of the, the Crucible. crucible. <laughs> I'll be John Proctor. And <laughs> it'll be great. Um, no, definitely no financing for that <laughs> coming in anytime soon. Um, so we're talking about Black Mountain, just to reiterate. Uh, it's going to be at the, well, the Pain, a Payne's Plough Festival in Edinburgh, but also at the Roundabout. No. So it's at the Roundabout. At the Roundabout. Which is which part is of Payne's Plough. So Payne's Plough is a There company. we go. The layers of the onion yeah, are coming so, off. So it's, a, so it's at Edinburgh Festival. It's at Edinburgh. Um, the company's Payne's Plough and it's in the Roundabout done that was it that's as simple as it was and i just complicated that (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for coming in to talk to us um all the best of luck it sounds uh you know a tense tense psychological thriller black mountain thanks very much um yeah as soon as you say cabin in the woods it's like ooh. yeah Mm. i'm thinking of get out as well yeah get out a little bit of inspiration from get out yeah 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 that was Um, a good movie that was a great movie it's very good i hope this is okay as well but (laughs) there are also positive movies about cabins in the wood there's a movie called the shack where a guy goes to grieve his uh child who got murdered and he sorts it all out sounds really positive no but he goes he goes up and he meets uh he meets god and he sorts it all out in the shack Oh, okay. It's a good movie. It's a good movie too. <laughs> so good. there's positive shacks and there's scary thriller shacks. So hopefully, and, but nothing in between. No. But nothing no. in between. It's either it is either or. <laughs> you know. yeah. Anyone else who's just booked like a holiday villa for the summer in like the Alps are going to be like, oh shit. <laughs> so never mind. Oh, well, thank right. you so much, Brad, thank for coming you. in. Thank um, you for having me. We Thanks are playing uh, my some of my favourite songs from movies. Um, this is um, from Matilda. <gasps> wait, wait, cr- which one is it? It's. Oh, well, I'm going to play it right now. Do, do, do. No, uh, no, oh, no, no, it's this one. Yeah. Oh, mm, yeah, you got it, girl. It's back on chill. Back home and chill with Johanna James on Fubar Radio. Tune. Tune. Matilda, one of the best movies of the 90s. I'm going to put it out there. Um, a huge welcome to our final guest of the show. We've got Richard Sparks in the studio. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, Thank Richard. You for having me. Um, and we're going to be talking about Margarita Dreams, which is your new, your new show. It is, yes. Uh, uh, amazing. Um, just to give a little bit of a backstory, um, because if people might have seen some of your your other works, you wrote the schoolmaster sketch. For Rowan, for Rowan Atkinson, which is one of my ooh, 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 ooh. crackly, what's some crackly crackle? Oh, that is that is. 
We're going to swap oh, mics okay. over. Uh, make, make her go away. She's crackling. <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, I think, yeah. We, so. yeah um, so Rowan Atkinson did a, a, he did an amazing stand-up piece called The Schoolmaster. And it's one of the best things. I found it on YouTube oh, a few yeah. years ago. And it was just brilliant. Um, and it's sort of, even though it was so many, when was that? Early 90s? 1978 I wrote that. For, 1978? I wrote, I wrote, yeah, I wrote it for Rowan. Yeah. You remember it well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were, it, his first uh, London show was at the Hampstead Theatre, and he was asked to do it. Um, it ended up in the show with Peter Wilson, who'd been my sketch writing and acting partner. I'd never been an actor, but when I was a student, yeah. know, summer holidays, um, and uh, Elspeth Walker. And the, the only other writer on the show was Richard Curtis, apart from the cast. And so I, I you know, met Rowan in Edinburgh in 76, and when it all came up, they asked me to write. I thought I'd better write something for the new guy. I, I mean, I couldn't, you know, I'd written for Peter and for Elspeth before, and, and Rowan and Richard had written together, but I thought, well, yeah, come on, try something. So I yeah. just sat down and started writing a list of silly names, and then and I thought, well, that's good, now I need a sketch. So I typed it up and gave it to Rowan, and he sort of, you know, grunted. He, he did, you know, he sort of smiled and walked off. And it's brilliant. I thought, oh, well, you didn't say no, so that's good. And then, <laughs> and then the next day, he did it to an empty room, and it was just unbelievable that he just filled a room with invisible ghastly English schoolboys I mean it's, everybody it's just amazing everyone should go on to YouTube and just type in Rowan Atkinson uh, schoolmaster and it's it's brilliant it's basically it's him doing a sort of an assembly uh, to the audience and he's literally reading off a list of names and it's hilarious it's wow. so brilliant it's a list of names followed by some other stuff but the thing about it is that really is a case of going out there and unknown and coming back a star yeah John Cleese saw the show in, Edin- in excuse me in Hampstead and I got a call from Rowan about four months later saying John Cleese has asked me to be in his new charity show and c- can I do the schoolmaster so I said you bet so we met up in a pub the, ca- yeah. the captain's cabin at the top of Haymarket there you know, I mean, he'd have been mobbed now if he went. Yeah, there. yeah. Shoveled off down there, and then the, you know, going through the artist entrance, and uh, first thing he sees Pete Townsend wandering past with the guitar, and then there's <laughs> Peter <laughs> Cook, and uh, all the Pythons are there, and you go, what? You know, it's everyone's famous in that pub. Yeah, <laughs> and, and there's me sitting in the audience, going, wow. And nobody knew who he was. Yeah. And he came out into this room, and there was some muted applause, and then he just absolutely nailed it. I mean, if you watch his timing in that, and yeah. please watch the original. Le- years later, Rowan wrote a rude version with, oh. <laughs> and, you know, shared, the, shared the royalties with me because it's my idea. Which oh, okay. Very generous. Of them. But um, but see the original because that's that's the one that I wrote. Um, so say it again. What do we what do we type in on YouTube? Schoolmaster sketch. Rowan Atkinson. Schoolmaster sketch by Rowan Atkinson. Rowan Atkinson. And that's amazing because then you like really kick. So basically, really, if we're going to talk real. You you kicked off Rowan Atkinson, which then made Mr. Bean. Yeah. So we yeah. can thank you for Mr. Bean. Rowan was so good at physical comedy. Mm. I, I'd been writing and f- script fixing a lot of sitcoms. You know, when it's not good, the producer asks someone oh, yeah. to fix it so you don't get credit for it. But You're called a script doctor. Script doctor, yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I call those producers Mr. Mortgage because they paid the rent. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you don't, credit's irrelevant. And, um, but Rowan was so good at physical comedy, I thought, let's do an action comedy. Yeah. So I created a show called The Optimist, which was the first uh, comedy ever done on Channel 4. Uh, Rowan couldn't do it, because by then he was busy and famous and blah, blah, blah. And, and that done it, you know, didn't really, he liked the script, but he was busy, so we had to get yeah. another actor who <laughs> turned out to be the world's most brilliant mimic, N. Rytel, and he's doing silent comedy. And anyway, uh, unfortunately, The Optimist was bad. I really was, uh, it kind of broke my heart. And then oh. Rowan, Rowan did it a couple of years later. I'm not it, but, you know, so, I mean, 
I, I wrote silent comedy because he'd inspired me to do it yeah so, you know, I love his physical and then he gets it from Mr Bean was just brilliant yeah you know, so I was looking at that going that's what we would have done oh, I was, you know, yeah, so, <laughs> do you know what that's what so I make uh, comedy sketches online I do, do? yeah um, and I have quite a, a big following and I make um, sort of weekly f- funny videos um, and I actually call it I, I Mr Bean it if I'm doing it a certain way I'll go uh, do I need to say that line or can I do it with physical, physical comedy you do a lot of physical yeah, comedy yeah so I do a lot of it to music and I, I just call the technique Mr Bean in it because <laughs> I just I love it and if I can and it also means that the um that the comedy can translate it can go global because um, I've got lots of fans from all around the world or even uh, friends that I have from other countries like Italy or France they're like yeah we watched Mr Bean why because there was no they, there's anyone no could watch it yeah, exactly it was but physical comedy is really important we got quite a lot of physical comedy in Margarita Dreams which is nice but mm. uh, you know if you give a great actress a redundant line you give Meryl Streep a line like would you like a cup of coffee she, she'll just say do I need to say this can I just give yeah. them a coffee and yeah. physical yeah. action yeah, I, I had a second, not a career, but a, a phase a few years ago uh, exploring the poker boom, and I wrote a couple of books about poker, which is how we end up owning a bar in Las Vegas. It's oh, wow! <laughs> you guys are going to come. <laughs> Throw that one in there. It's, it's, my yeah. pride, it's my pride and joy. Um, so um, in the poker world, I studied body language. I got some body language experts Ooh, to talk to me. Okay. I, I heard from them that 60% of communication is nonverbal. So, you know, you see people walking down the street, waving their arms, talking to somebody in Australia. I mean, they yeah. can't see your hands, yeah. but without the <laughs> hand gestures, your voice doesn't make the same noises. So True. Yes. Link, well, we are on radio right, right now. Mm. And linking physical... My well, face is going crazy. <laughs> yeah, I do that. I gesticulate massively. And it's massively. very funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you've written Margarita Dreams, um, and this is for sort of a new... Well, the new up-and-comers. So you did yeah, the same absolutely. for... absolutely. Well, you know, the last Edinburgh review I did was in 1976, and oh my god how long have we got you know, so, little while yeah <laughs> you can well I knew that Irving Wardle from the Times was coming mm. and the review never came out until I was driving home in the middle of the night my partner had to go off to um, direct a play in Belgium his first job the car exploded outside Ecclefechan he had to hitch back to Glasgow I slept in the car opened the bonnet the next morning okay this is that and a hitchhike down to um, Wales where I was working on Welsh television two lovely old hippies picked me up in a Morris Minor and we stopped mm. for gas I mean sorry I'm, I'm, I live in gas I live in Los Angeles I do apologise stop we stopped for, gas. for petrol <laughs> found a copy of the Times and in it was this review from Irving Wardle going you know for, you couldn't have written it but I'm thinking I could have done with this last week <laughs> the show's yeah. over we've gone oh. but Edinburgh's just I just remember it's been incredible um, just yeah. everywhere you looked it was great so it's going to be things happen and, and just, I'm really excited to be going back. Yeah, it's up, well, up in Sounds Edinburgh. It's going to be, um, it's going to be at the Underbelly Ermintrude. Yeah, that's what. Trude. That's a weird thing to say. Um, um how do you say? Ermintrude. 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 I think. Um, I love it. It says, well, the tagline. One of the taglines here is funny. Where nine margaritas can take you. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, yes, yes, it exactly. Is funny. I don't think <laughs> I've ever been able to have nine margaritas. I'm such a lightweight. This, this, Me kid, too. this kid, he's such a good actor, he does it every day. Oh, At two o'clock, nine margaritas. No. <laughs> oh, because, well, a few weeks ago, we did, dead. we had, um, we had, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, was, that, was, that was what we call a reversal. <laughs> <laughs> we had a company called Shitface Shakespeare come in, and they oh, yeah. actually um, get oh, drunk. they get wasted, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And they do it every night. Um, oh, one yeah. member of the cast will get absolutely. 
absolutely pissed and, and do the show and apparently like the most hilarious stuff comes out improv every night obviously um, okay so there's sort of actual nine margaritas we can be no, safe to not. say I mean, there's four great kids I've been writing it for we've been rehearsing for a, okay. for a few weeks now we've had our preview on uh, a couple of days ago at the Fortune Theatre which went really well oh, got nice. great feedback yeah you're did gonna go did on a the couple road? of rewrites last night and uh, <laughs> head for Edinburgh tomorrow. It's, it's, it's been a blast. And so, the how did you find your forecasts? Did you have them in mind? Or? No, uh, completely by accident. I was here in, in uh, November, the day before going back to LA, mm. and my best friend's wife, who's also my best friend, said, "My niece wants to become an actress. Um, what would you advise?" So, you know, I've done a lot of work in LA and stuff. So, I said, "Well." You know, I'll talk to her if she wants. At six o'clock that evening, she was there at the door. Yeah. yeah. E- a good sign, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I said, look, there's only really one reason to be an actor, and that's if you really, really, really have to be. And her whole face changed. She just got it. All right, I'm yeah. off to the races. Nothing else matters. So she wanted to do two things. One, get into uh, drama school, because she just left college. She was 21 at the time. Uh, and two, learn. So we started. I said, look, all right, we'll do some stuff by Skype. We did scene study, cold readings, Shakespeare. And we, she did. She was brilliant. Um, Elizabeth Bennett in Pride and Prejudice with an English actor being Darcy, Jonathan Reed on one side and she being Elizabeth Bennett, Bella Spate and uh, two of them knocking lumps out of each other, Darcy and Elizabeth Bennett Skyping each other. It's just <laughs> so, you know, she's, she's got the attitude. Modern the day. Oh, oh, you've just yeah. given me a ting, you've just yeah. given me an idea. Oh, God, <laughs> I should do like a social media Pride and Prejudice. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I want to write a play for these two called Prejudice and Pride about two arsehole actors having to be yeah. <laughs> uh, so they get to play two parts the, the, the actor and the character behind yeah. it that's a double but, double but, that's but, amazing. Um, but I think I'm busy that day I'm, well, I, I'm <laughs> get around it. I love that that's but anyway yeah. so then I, I wrote a, a, a stand up routine for her to do in a pub in Somerset so she, she shows no fear she just does it wow and her, got fr- balls. her friend called up I said well look why don't you do Edinburgh and she said well that's amazing my friend Sophie just called up yesterday and said let's do Edinburgh and they had their eyes on two guys so I just said well what are you going to do and they said, well, I don't know. So I said, well, I just started writing. And it all came out in about two weeks. Organically two weeks. fell out. Uh, <laughs> I, and, I hadn't, and I hadn't written sketch comedy for years. And it's such fun to do it. Because yeah. you know, I spent last year writing 600 pages of a TV series. Oh, wow. Which was really complicated plotting. Because it's it's you know, very, very difficult. And it goes from, yeah. the story goes for 10 hours. There's arcs and things yeah, and leaving stuff so open. And, and lots going on. It, it just go, disappears up its own backside every few pages yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's good fun you know. and, and if you want the me- recipe for the perfect margarita it's up on our website oh, oh, oh yeah. always yeah. this would be an amazing show you go and have a margarita uh, finally, yeah. and we- go watch the show so if you are in Edinburgh <laughs> this year and you want to get a little bit merry on the check margaritas go check out Margarita Dreams margaritas on me everyone oh and you heard it here first no no we're live, live. we're live. live I'm afraid Richard <laughs> terribly sorry Sorry, I'm nearly dead <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming in. <laughs> thank you. Uh, absolute pleasure to meet you. Are you going to be up in Edinburgh, you guys? Are you coming up there? I'm um, not coming up this year. It's possibly. I'm not, I'm not in anything, unfortunately. Oh, but okay. <laughs> I'm just going to go and get drunk. But I might go and watch. Hope for the best. I, I, if I come up, I'll definitely come and watch this. Definitely. Yes, good, because it's um, 50 minutes of light-hearted fun. 50 it? minutes of yeah. fun. Yeah. Perfect. What more could you want? <laughs> um, right, we're going to go for... What I'm going to do, what we'll do. Um, I'm going to go back to Crybaby, the original soundtrack mm-hmm. I was talking about Ooh, okay. the beginning of a show because this is the song called Cry Baby from the movie Cry Baby, Cry Baby. and I do love it this is background chill Cry Baby such a good choice I like that it's very it's a very vintage vibe today with all the, the yeah. music 
It's just gone five thirty, which means it's time for film review. So a huge welcome. Which means I'm here. Which means Lisa Patterson's <laughs> in the building. Hi, Hi Lisa. Lucy. 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 Oh. <laughs> <Hi>. Terrible. <laughs> Same difference. No, she was just talking to Lisa. About yeah, yeah, that's what it was. My friend Lisa. That's what she calls her vagina. Yeah, she's talking to that. Hello, Hello down there. Uh, right, so this is film review time. Where the time where we sort of talk about what is what we think is great, what we've been looking at, mm-hmm. watching on either on the internet, or TV. Yeah. Um, I got a bit of theatre this week. Lovely. Um, what have what has everybody been watching that they've been loving or hating? Well, I went to a screening this week, or yesterday actually, um, of a film called England Is Mine. Oh, I saw a poster for that today. Yes. And was like, mm. It is the Morrissey biopic. Oh, yes. And yeah. I really want to see that. Do you know what? It was, it was a really, really good film, but oh. you have to know your musical history to be able to appreciate oh, it. Oh, really? The, the writer and director, he has really limited his audience by doing that I think but then I think maybe it's his baby that's what he wanted to do with it it's basically from Morris's late teens to the moment that the Smiths are born you know but it's it's not obvious that these people are who they are like Johnny Marr is in it now, unless you know of the Smiths and you know of Johnny Marr, you're not going to know who they're talking about. No, not no. at any point do they play any Smith songs or oh. any Morrissey music or mention anybody's surname. You know, to to make sure that you get the oh, the they don't, they don't feed it easily to you. You really okay. need to be a fan, and it, it's that's a shame. It actually. is a shame because it's a really well made lovely vintage film with that indie feel that's just amazing and I absolutely loved it you know I got those sparks of recognition because I know yeah they should be like you know using it to feed the next generation they should really and they haven't and it's such a shame I mean unfortunately I wouldn't say run out to the cinema and go and see it Mm. but if you are a music fan and you've been brought up well on the right music (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and um, you appreciate the British heritage of music and, and where it came from then go and see it and you will you'll get it will make you feel like you're in on something right. that nobody else is, mm. you know. And there was a lot of people there last night that ha- had the same spark of recognition as me. I could hear them sort of tittering in the background, you know, when, when something was mentioned. And, I mean, the end of it, to me, made my heart swell. But nobody, people who don't know about the Smiths and about Johnny Marr and how it happened yeah. will go, huh? Who's in it? Why the fuck is it just yeah, ended now, you know? Who, yeah, who's in it? Jack Loudon. Okay. He was um, in Dunkirk. He was the fighter pilot who ditched I haven't seen that yet I haven't seen Dunkirk yet so yeah okay he's very, he's very very good not very well known anybody but in the cast will be to be now. honest but will be now yeah because of Dunkirk and hopefully because of this as well because he did such a good job who's the girl in it um, do you know I don't actually know her name because oh. I remember seeing the there's poster there's two there's Angie who is just a fictional person and there is uh, Linda I can't remember her surname but they're actually still friends now I saw a poster for it and I, I yeah. recognised the girl's name yeah. and I went oh, ooh, ooh it's actually in front of my Let's face I'm going to google the poster for it so it's called Made in England Ma- England is mine oh that's, no that's, that's a different <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a lyric from a Smith song I think England is mine. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna name? Google that poster right now. And the poster's amazing. And the, the, the shot. Jessica Finley Brown. Oh yes. Jessica Brown Finley. Why can't anyone get anyone's name right oh, today? We're all Jessica dyslexic. Brown Finley, yeah. Actually, yeah. As Linda, Linda, <laughs> Linda Sterling, and she is a real life person. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's if 
if you want to be in on it like everybody else and you know the Smiths and you're a fan, then go yeah. and see it. It, it. You really will enjoy it. But otherwise, I wouldn't really bother. Sport independent. It's a shame. Well. It's a shame for the writer and director who mm-hmm. took so much time and obviously loved it so much. Mm. It's wholly his baby. And I just think, oh, mate, you've really cut off his Share it. Come Share on. it. Yeah. Yeah. Sharing is caring. So, yeah. yeah, find it if you can when it comes <laughs> out. But, you know. Um, I went to, I didn't actually have a lot of time to go and see anything. Um completely uh, coming out of the cinema I had plans didn't happen but I did go and see because it's my birthday I got to pick um, my mum was like what show do you want to go and see yeah. so I got to go see West End and I said I really want to see a, a comedy about a bank robbery Ooh. because I've gone to see um, the play that went wrong yeah. four times oh wow have you and that many times yeah cool. <laughs> not Ooh. all the time I've been paying <laughs> um, but I, yeah, I've gone to see it with friends and family four times I think three three or four times and it's absolutely hysterical yeah. it's the same company Mischief oh, wow. Theatre Company have made a comedy about bank robbery nice. and um, it's the similar similar style similar jokes but this one is way more wacky and it's um I would um, probably say it's like it's set in the 50s and it is that's what it is it is a com- a play about uh, a bank robbery because that's always hilarious <laughs> yeah and um, and it's just it's just brilliant the scenes that they set up and it's very slapstick and it's yeah. very um, very punny so I would say almost similar to like Airplane that oh, nice, movie nice. but on a, as a show yeah really high energy because um, it's set in the 50s they do really amazing set changes and the set changes are all they're all singing live doo-wop songs which oh, is very wow. very heavily inspired me today yeah, yeah. um and um, so they sing, and all of the sing, all of the performers in the, in the show have the mo- most amazing voices, and they all get to sort of showcase it on different scene yeah. changes. Um, and um, it's just it's like a a, a a standard farce, brilliant, yeah. Um, kind of yeah. And the main the main actors who who are in it, well, actually everybody, even the small people, they keep coming back as character changes and yeah. costume change. They have constant costume changes. Wow. Some of the puns are just brilliant. For an example, I was trying to. I got home and I was just raving about it to my boyfriend. And you didn't really understand. I was like, it's so funny that this happened. This happened, this happened. Oh, you had to be in there. You had to be in there. But um, there is a scene where there's a, a girl and she has all these boyfriends. She's called Sharice and she's got all these boyfriends basically just to pay her way through life. She's Excellent. like wow. a gold digger. Um, so Sharice. she's got she's got one of the, one of the old people home, another one, uh, you know, like one that's German and stuff. And um, and so she finds this new guy. And she she brings him back for like a, sort of a one night stand in the fifties. It's this really hilarious moment when bring, she brings him back, um, and then uh, knocks on the door. Her boyfriend, who just got out of prison, arrives, <laughs> and so he's like, "Quick, quick, go hide, h- hide over there in the cupboard above the bed." And so then the boyfriend from prison comes out, and he's trying to like get it on with her, and she's trying to say, "No, no, no." He's like, "Why? You made me wait two years. We're doing it now." And she's like, "Okay." And then the guy's trying to like, she's trying to like make out with the the prison boyfriend, and the other boyfriend is trying to get out of the across them, cross the bed to get to the to the door to go out. Oh my god! And there's this amazing. He accidentally touched. The, the prison guy's bum. Oh my! And the guy stops and he goes, "Oh, it's been it's been two two, two, two years since I've had your touch. Touch me more." Ah! He's like, "Massage me." And the so guy, oh, no. and there's just this hilarious moment. This guy is having to like, and then he's like, "Spank me." And he, this guy is having to like spank the boyfriend. It's brilliant, and everyone everyone in the in the audience was just like pissing themselves yeah. laughing. Um, there's so many silly silly puns. It's just like a really fun silly night out. So the com- a comedy about bank robbery. It is in, I think it's the Criterion Theatre, mm-hmm. Piccadilly Circus. Oh, yeah. It is brilliant. Um, and it's really good. It's a good laugh. And I also went to, and I've seen all three because they also did a Christmas version of Peter Pan, What Goes Wrong. Brilliant. So they tried to do a production of Peter Pan and that oh, all yes. went to shit. Um, I'm pretty sure that they actually recorded and put that on the BBC. So maybe in the BBC oh, really? archives you can have a look at that without maybe having to. Yeah, without having to go to the theatre. Yeah. Um, 
I saw, actually, it was a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I saw the Whitney film, the Whitney Ooh, documentary. You know, yeah. I haven't seen it. What, what was it like? Well, I'm a very big fan of uh-huh. Whitney. Yeah. Like, real big That's fan. always the test, isn't it, if yes. you are really a fan. And to be honest, it was good. Yeah. But I wanted to cry. Really? And I didn't. Oh, okay. Oh, one you, of them. So you, you know, didn't really feel didn't, it like you're supposed to. I felt to. it, but I didn't feel it enough. Uh, you know? Yeah. yeah. And it was it was very it was very sad, but I just, I just wanted a bit more. Yeah. A bit more like. Devastation. Right in the gut. You know, like, yeah. really, yeah, devastate you. Yeah, no. I mean, incredibly Shame. talented, and obviously very sad what happened to her. Yeah. But there was some chunk, some meat missing if from you, it, you know? Listen, yeah. If you. Um, because I, I I saw that film and I interviewed the director. Did of you? It. Yeah, from, oh, for, you the, did, for the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, it was amazing because the the way that film came about was found footage of that guy who was basically vlogging before vlogging was even a yeah. thing. They vlogged wow. the the Whitney tour, so that's how they got the footage. Oh my goodness. It was some guy uh, with a with a cat hand before it was a thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so he got exclusive access to Whitney. So if you are a Whitney fan, there's you're going to go and see. Yeah, you see footage you'll never things see. you never see. Absolutely, and uh, it, they. They intermix the vlogging footage with um, her interview footage, and just how crazy. Even though she was having like crazy personal problems, even in her interview, she came across as really grounded yeah. and really kind of level and held. Mm. Yeah, held. Talking about how like fame doesn't make money and fame doesn't bring you happiness, and not you know. Yeah. What is it? It can bring you. It can bring you. Um, uh, like power and prestige or whatever but it yeah. can't bring you happiness no. you cannot pay for happiness absolutely not um, which was yeah there was some very poignant moments mm. in that film yeah. I did well, like go that go and see it if you're a fan of Whitney yeah. go and see it there was definitely. a film that I saw um, a few weeks ago that is about to come out this week called The Big Sick oh which that I know looks oh, really yeah, good sorry too she's seen it as so well good. it's supposed to be really good it's yeah. really good it is really mm-hmm. good um, and uh, I, I don't like the poster though yeah they the poster I, makes it look like a really really bad rom-com a cheesy rom-com well, to be fair the title also does it no favours yeah the title <laughs> and the, whoever did the title and like the PR get fired yeah stop it not bad yeah, yeah not working but the actual movie's brilliant and it brings up I think really really good um, sort of interracial yeah, intercultural does. dating it deals with it so well mm, it's yeah. just amazing it's such a good film and I had the massive honour of going to interview uh, the main girl from it <gasps> Zoe so jealous, yeah. um, she's so funny yeah she's so good she's brilliant oh, if you love her you will love okay, this movie yeah, it's, it's um, just so charming it's lovely so I went I popped down and had a little chat with her and um, that was amazing I'm going to play that now lovely um, so this is all about the big sick uh, the movie's coming out I'm going to find out the release date but I'm pretty sure it's like next week like <laughs> here we go <laughs> the movie was amazing so I'm so excited to meet you thank you just for our listeners who are like the big sick because the the title I thought was quite that was the only thing that I thought was a bit odd about the movie because I didn't feel like it sold what it was what is the movie about <laughs> Um, I don't think you're alone with the title. Uh, you know, I think uh, sometimes temporary titles stick and no one can come up with anything better. Yeah. Um, I think that's how you end up sometimes also with posters that don't necessarily speak to everything in the film. This movie's based on the true story of this comedian, Kumail Nanjiani, and his wife, Emily Gordon. Um, they wrote it, and Kumail's playing himself in it. And it's about the beginning of their relationship when they were sort of falling in love, and he, his family is Muslim and still expected him to marry a Muslim girl. Mm-hmm. And right as they were sort of trying to work that out between themselves, she got very, very sick. And that is sort of the launching pad for the film. The unusual thing about this film, obviously, it's sort of an independent story it should be all wrapped up in the one thing however i left the cinema going i really want to find out what happens when 
when Emily goes home. <laughs> like, I really wanted the story to continue because I think that the film brings up some massive issues that we are starting to really address about cross-culture, uh, racism. Um, obviously, Emily's entering into an Arab family, which one thing for me, when I went into the cinema, I was like, oh my gosh, this is my life. My boyfriend's from a Muslim family. Mm. I'm kind of going through the same thing. Wow. Exactly. And then there's the scene when you were saying that, well, Emily was married before. So was I. And he spat my drink out. I was like, oh my God, this is my life. I've accidentally walked into a movie about my life. Wow. So I think, but it's so cool to see that on the screen and get people talking because they bring up some like really major issues like immigration as well. Like bringing, moving to a different country and mm. then which, how much should you absorb that new country's culture and leave your own and it's like oh it was you can talk about the film for ages afterwards so i kind of want to see a sequel would you ever do a sequel i mean if they thought of something that was a good story yeah sure i i loved working with these guys i'm glad you responded to it like that i think there are things in it which um make it it's it's particularly sweet to bring a movie about the immigrant experience out yeah. into the world right now and to bring one about the muslim american experience into the world right now and have it be like a very sympathetic and empathic portrayal the other thing i'd say is like the the i think a lot of people look at the movie as being political because of what the timing in bringing it out but the story really happened 10 years ago and was written before some of the elections of the last year yeah um, yeah <laughs> so uh you know i would say i think that i think the movie's like seeking above all else to entertain and it's coming with its arms wide open and even if your listeners feel politically to the right i, I think that they might get a lot out of the film oh for sure i was so like emotionally overwhelmed by it it was great I was like I need to have a cup of tea so what's next for you can you talk about any of your next projects or yeah the I wrote I wrote a play and that's going to go up in New York off Broadway in the fall so mm. soon I'm going to have to switch hats <gasps> how do you feel about live again. live versus film this is my fourth play I've written and I really do think from an acting standpoint that it's where I've learned the most because yeah. you have to be responsible for your own performance. Uh, on a movie set, there's always going to be like ADR to fix any lines that you want to change or yeah. um, the editors and director are really creating your performance. You're just giving them options. So it's not really yours. And being on stage, you really have to learn how to take care of yourself and tell a story. And um, I, I definitely feel like I'm a better actor for having done as many plays as I have. Yeah, But I... I, you know, I grew up loving the cinema and that's what made me want to be an actor in the first place. So it's always going to have a special place in my heart. For sure. The worst stage fright I had was I, I was doing, you guys had a production here of The Seagull oh, yeah. that it moved to Broadway. And when it moved to Broadway, I took over for one of the actresses who'd been here. And I was playing Masha and she sort of starts the second half of the play. There's a big scene for her and our lighting board that controls the lights that light the stage crashed in our intermission and they couldn't get it working again and so they said you're gonna have to go on with house lights we show the lights in the audience and so um I went out on stage and I had been so confident in that scene and getting like exit applause every night and um I looked out and saw like you know a thousand people and completely blanched like I've never been more afraid in my life I felt like my voice suddenly couldn't carry and my palms were sweaty and my <laughs> timing was all off and 
Um, the light board came back on as soon as I exited the stage. So I was the only one really subjected to it. You're like, damn um, it! Yeah. And I really felt like, oh, the darkness is my friend. Like, it's the thing that allows me to do this because I'm not a good public speaker. And I'm, um, I'm not shy, but I'm not particularly excited about, you know, presenting my body for everyone's inspection every time I step on stage. Yeah. Well, I bet, weirdly, probably, um, that was probably one of your best performances because you would have been, like, not aware of it. I definitely think it was not one of my best performances. I think I was I was too afraid to do my job properly. Um, but, uh, you know, thank But they God make the best the stories as well. Yeah. The stuff that goes wrong. Exactly. You, could be, you could be having a drink later and be like, well, guess what, guys? <laughs> the light bulb went down. It's definitely the one I remember. Well, thank you so, so much, thank Zoe. Um, everyone go and see the film The Big Sick because it's bloody brilliant. Um, thank you so Thank you so much. <laughs> she you. was the sweetest. She, she sounds, sounds so lovely. Adorable. Mm. Little button. Yeah. <laughs> squeezer. And uh, you just dropped the bomb. She's going out with Paul Dano. Yeah. Who is like, he's one of those people where he's like, he's not attractive, but he's attractive. Yeah, he's got something. He has, isn't he? And I he's can't really something. Yeah, what. it's like, I'm not attracted to you. Yeah. But I'm also a little bit attracted to you. Yeah. It's very weird. I, he, like that, I think maybe it's the talent thing. Yeah, probably just because he's Definitely really the talent. Actor. Yeah. Um, he's we, very mysterious. He is, isn't he? He's very good. Bit of, a, bit of an oddball. He's very yeah. good in Okja on Netflix. O K J. I still haven't managed to get through that. Oh my god! If you I'm scared to... that I'm not going to want to eat chicken anymore. Well, uh, yeah, or I watched it. Anymore. I watched it and I became a veggie. Exactly. And well, I'm, I'm a vegan. So. Yeah. Vegan rules. Vegan. Oh, you need, to, you need a t-shirt, need babe. T- oh, yes, <laughs> I do. She didn't tell me she was vegan. I bought a chocolate for her birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Whoopsie. <laughs> <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, right, a little bit about what's coming out because I was researching today. Yeah. Um, and we, because um, next week uh, on the August is when Netflix drops a load of new movies. Yep. Um, so some of the ones that were coming out, what I recognised was A Cinderella Story, Cloud Atlas, Practical Magic, Sleepy Hollow. All three Matrix movies Magic. are going to be on, on Netflix. Are going to be on Netflix. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah, so I'm a bit excited because you know when you feel like you've literally done Netflix. You've watched it all and you're like, no, what else is here? Oh, I don't know though. Sometimes I feel like there's too much choice. Well, so I end up watching nothing. Yeah. Or I start something in five minutes and it's not that good. Yeah. Try this. It's not that good. Yeah. See, this is the problem we talked about earlier with dating. When there's too much, there's choice, too much choice or you feel like you can exactly. always swap over. Yeah, because I have that. I'm like, looking for the the thing, the one. The one yeah. movie yeah. that's going to just in- mm. instantly gratify exactly. you. And sometimes totally. you've got to get into a movie. Well, yeah. You've got, you got to give it a chance. You've got to sit there and let it let it smoulder a little bit. <laughs> Cook something Warm up. you up. <laughs> um, earlier in the show, we also talked about uh, foot fetishes. Because a lot of people messaged me, asked to see my feet on my social <laughs> media. So gross. And <laughs> so we did a Twitter poll saying people have been asking Johanna James to send pictures of her feet. How weird do you think that is? <laughs> uh, at the moment, we've got 0% for ooh gross. Which is weird. What? Huh? 20 Who are these people? 20% say, can I get a photo? Oh my. 40% say, put some socks on. And 40% think, mmm, cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. Zero percent think it's zero percent think it's gross. Come on, guys! Oh, really? Please let me have a bit what more. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Better faith than humanity. <laughs> yeah. um, I have some movie trivia. That Excellent. I've been trying to um, let people know about for a few weeks now, and we've always run out of time. So oh, I'm I like, love this stuff. So, right, I thought you would like it, Lucy. So yes. I thought I'd save it for you. But uh, right, so here's my movie trivia of the week: uh, the guitar used in Mad Max the recent one, weighed yeah. 132 pounds and was gas-powered. Wow. And it was an actual spurted fire. Yeah. That wasn't CGI. Wow. And it, it was uh, activated by the guitar's whammy bar and gas-powered and it shot out all Amazing. the Amazing. Um, right. So a 16-year-old Robert Downey Jr. got suspended from high school <laughs> for ripping up a classmate's Iron Man comic and calling him a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> that is irony. Oh, wow. Isn't that, that irony? Is 
real irony. But yeah, I mean, it worked amazing. out really well for him. It really yeah. did. Really shit wow. for the other guy. Yeah. <laughs> Like, hey, what do I get out of this? <laughs> you could have signed my Iron Man okay. comic, man. That guy, you should send him like a proper signed original yeah, copy. You should, you know. Step up, Robert. <laughs> um, so, I Am Legend, the movie poster. In, in I Am Legend, there was a movie poster for Batman versus Superman. Yes, it's like a big... Yeah, in the, the background, which yeah. was before Batman and Superman yeah. was a thing, because the writer of I Am Legend also wrote an early draft of that movie. So. I only spotted that probably about two or three weeks ago when I watched it. Yeah. I, I'd never ever even noticed it before, it a, and I've seen that film a lot. It's a weird little like freaky yeah. feature. How mad! Is there a number two Coming of out. I Am Legend? Number two? I'm sure I read that. Is there I Am Legend two? I don't know. Wow. Sorry, I don't get your hopes up. Well, I was going to say, I, well, the sure. end of the last one really doesn't give you much to... Oh, right, yeah. okay. Yeah. I'm sure I read that. There's two endings to I Am Legend. If you watch the DVD, you've, yeah. got, you've got the original ending mm-hmm. and then you've got the cinema ending. Yeah. One's, one's nicer than the other one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> um, just a bit. <laughs> in Assassin's Creed, the 125-foot freefall stunt was the highest freefall stunt for 35 years in cinema history. So the guy... That was pretty breathtaking, actually. Chucked himself off yeah. 120... I mean, oh. I, being able to do that a 125 foot free fall you've got to be a bit of a nutcase really sick. but it looked yeah. amazing yeah, no, good no on wires him. or anything no huh. um, in the Batman the original series uh, in 1966 Robin exclaimed holy and then something 365 times wow there are only 120 episodes <laughs> so you can sort of do the math and see wow. how many times he goes like holy bananas holy 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 and like it just got ridiculous it just, so he had to pick up 300 Say something oh else yeah 365 random things what? wow um in star wars i didn't know this i'll pick it up in every single star wars movie includes a line that says i have a bad feeling about this really oh. yeah and see, i've seen I'm not a star wars person. and i've seen no, it on um on uh, on YouTube, they've they've, they've like clicked together all of wow. the so even in the modern films, Harrison Ford says it in the really? in the recent one, but everyone goes, "I have a bad feeling about this." I was like, "Well, listen to your feelings, guys. <laughs> yeah. If everyone's feeling on, about watch the other films, <laughs> it's the Force. It's probably the Force. <laughs> That's what you're feeling." Um, in Alien, uh, Sigourney Weaver actually made the backwards basketball shot Wow! Um, that appears in the movie. It was a total fluke. Really? Oh, she chucked it back and it landed in and Badass it was take, Sigourney. done. It was a complete accident. Wow, that's so good. Because, it is, because people were saying it's phenomenal because even like professional basketball players from Probably that far do that. away couldn't have done that. Yeah. So she just chucked it and it was just one Meant of those serendipity. Amazing. Um, and Saving Private Ryan, uh, the opening scene cost 12 million out of the 70 million budget for the wow. film so majority chunk massive oh. chunk of that very well done though my heart mm-hmm. um, in uh, Kill Bill um, Oren tells the bride that she won't last five minutes in a fight <gasps> and their fight sequence is exactly four minutes 59 seconds wow so it's like oh that's a good Quentin Tarantino is like Little. sneaky sneakers I know in yeah. sneaky like McSneakers in yeah. um, in Lord of the Rings Frodo falls over 29 times <laughs> For God's sake. I think he's my spirit animal. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. is. I'm he's so um, In Jason Bourne, uh, the first movie, Matt Damon speaks 45 times. Really? Is that yeah, it? That's it. Uh, mainly, and he says things like, let's get out of here. Wow. And things yeah. like that. Um, <laughs> Excellent. Which brings me to my final one. Um, let's get out of here is the most common film phrase used let's get out of here. in yeah. cinema history. And again, I've seen a thing on YouTube where they just cut together all these movies. And it is. It's there. It's who like, let's get out of here. That? Who let's sits there and does here. that? Though? I'm grateful, but who sits there and does Total that? Total nerds. And I love all of them. Yes, me too. Um, amazing. This is amazing. And also, oh, well, two more. I've got to get them in because they're just amazing. So in fight, 
Fight Club. There is a Starbucks cup in every yep. scene of the movie. I knew that what? one and I don't know how. There, there, is, is. there is a Starbucks yeah. cup in the background. Somewhere, somewhere in the teeny wee thing, there's a little mm-hmm. Starbucks cup. Really? Yeah. Fight Club sponsored by Starbucks. Yep. And finally, <laughs> Steven Spielberg... Um, has been thanked more times than God at the Oscars. Steven, <laughs> Steven Spielberg has been thank, thanked 42 times and God has been thanked 19 in acceptance Quite rightly, speeches. I would say. So, in my world, anyway. <laughs> so, Steven Spielberg... <laughs> Steven Spielberg, God. Yeah. It's like, thanked more, more than God. Like, <laughs> like double the amount of time. Um, oh my gosh, uh, that is the end of the show. That's all we've got time for this week. Thank you so much, Carla. Thank you very much. It's been super fun. <gasps> but, 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 whose birthday is it tomorrow? It's my Whose birthday. birthday is it? It's Johanna's. It's my birthday. It's a happy birthday, birthday to you, tomorrow. Johanna. So I'm going to um, play happy, well, I'm going to get Stevie Wonder to sing me happy Yay! birthday. <laughs> right now. <laughs> oh, it's that crunch. We'll oh. see you guys next week. If you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes.